0: Hello, and welcome to the Tao of Our Understanding recovery podcast. In this podcast, we discuss mystical works of literature and how they relate to recovery. We hope you enjoy today's podcast episode. Hey, guys, buddy. See, all right. The 41st chapter of the Tao Te Ching. Any comments before we start reading this? If y'all had a chance to look over it very much, it is. Uh huh. I like this one. Well, I like them all, but <laughs> I love the paradoxes, and that's what what I saw in this was about how truth is paradoxical. How the things that we think are ridiculous are probably the things we need to pay the most attention to
1: and maybe the things that we thought were ridiculous other people thought were ridiculous too until they were proven to be the right way
0: and our friends may think still think they're ridiculous (laughs) (laughs) hey brandy how are you sweetie
2: i'm doing good how are you
0: good good to see you
2: you too i forgot i had my camera on (laughs)
0: <laughs> are you an
2: India i
0: am
1: you are what i want to talk to you about it after i'm going to go okay
0: when are you going marla october october okay you're going to study yoga right yeah cool how much longer are you going to be there brandy any idea
2: not, i don't plan to go back home
0: oh really <laughs> <laughs> okay we will uh discuss that later. I want more detail. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, Lala, how are you, sweetie? Hi, I'm good. How are you? Guys, we're just getting started. We're fixing to read the four translations. Uh, we'll let uh, Kate, are you ready for that, sweetie? I am ready. Oh, first of all, before we do that, we've got a good crowd today. Is there anything affecting anyone's sobriety that we need to talk about? Because that's more important than what we have, our agenda. Is everyone in a good place? Okay. Good. Okay. Okay, Kate. (laughs) Go ahead, Forrest, please.
3: All right. I'll start with the first translation. The wise student hears of the Tao and practices it diligently. The average student hears of the Tao and gives it thought now and again. The foolish student hears of the Tao and laughs out loud. If there were no laughter, The Tao would not be what it is. Hence it is said, the bright path seems dim. Going forward seems like retreat. The easy way seems hard. The highest virtue seems empty. Great purity seems sullied. A wealth of virtue seems inadequate. The strength of virtue seems frail. Real virtue seems unreal. The perfect square has no corners. Great talents ripen late. The highest notes are hard to hear. The greatest form has no shape. The Tao is hidden and without name. The Tao alone nourishes and brings everything to fulfillment.
0: Guys, I did put the link for this in the chat. So if you want to pull it up on your computer, it may be easier for you to read. Mm-hmm. Just FYI.
3: Second translation, when a superior man hears of the Tao, he immediately begins to embody it. When an average man hears of the Tao, he half believes it, half doubts it. When a foolish man hears of the Tao, he laughs out loud. If he didn't laugh, it wouldn't be the Tao. Thus thus it is said, the path into the light seems dark. The path forward seems to go back. The direct path seems long. True power seems weak. True purity seems tarnished. True steadfastness seems changeable. True clarity seems obscure. The greatest art seems unsophisticated. The greatest love seems indifferent. The greatest wisdom seems childish. The Tao is nowhere to be found, yet it nourishes and completes all things. Third translation, when a superior person hears of the Tao, she diligently puts it into practice. When an average person hears of the Tao, he believes half of it and doubts the other half. When a foolish person hears of the Tao, he laughs out loud at the very idea. If he didn't laugh, it wouldn't be the Tao. Thus it is said, the brightness of the Tao seems like darkness The advancement of the Tao seems like retreat. The level path seems rough. The superior path seems empty. The pure seems to be tarnished, and true virtue doesn't seem to be enough. The virtue of caution seems like cowardice. The pure seems to be polluted. The true square seems to have no corners. The best vessels take the most time to finish. The greatest sounds cannot be heard and the greatest image has no form. The Tao hides in the unnamed yet it alone nourishes and completes all things. Final translation. When a wise person hears about Tao, he gets right with it. When an ordinary person hears about Tao, he tries to get right with it, but eventually gives up. When a fool hears about Tao, he just laughs and laughs. If he didn't laugh, It wouldn't be Tao. Here's what they find so funny. The path to enlightenment seems covered in shadows. The way forward feels like taking a step back. The easiest path seems difficult. Those with the most virtue seem debased. Those who are most pure seem to be grubby and soiled. The deepest thoughts appear shallow. The greatest strength looks like weakness. What is most real strikes us as imaginary. The largest space has no boundaries. The greatest talent seems to produce nothing. The greatest voice is unhearable. The greatest beauty is invisible. Tao is hidden to us and it has no name. It is the source and the strength of all things.
1: Can someone please explain?
0: This goes back to, <laughs> I believe, yeah, Craig talks about replacing Dow with recovery.
1: Exactly. Yeah, that's, that, I was thinking that myself.
0: Let me read the paradoxes and see, let's think about them as we talk about this, if we would. These are the, the AA paradoxes. We surrender to win. We must give away to keep. We have to suffer to get well. We have to die to live. How much of that, I see that in all these examples, Mm -hmm. you know, where it's not, the way we see it is not how it really is, by looking naturally at things how does me helping someone help me looks like it would be the opposite it looks like i would i would get better and then once i'm well then i would go help people not very first out of the gate first day of sobriety you're told that you're helped when you help people you're helped when you go encourage the person who is trying to stop drinking or stop using that you're you know in a safe environment of course but when you go with an attitude of giving that that helps you even more so than like out of a duty or obligation or even a love of wanting to help the act itself is helping you so you know that that's one of those paradoxical truths with this um, any comments?
1: No, that's just one of them.
0: Yeah, just one of them. Yeah. Um, the idea on this that uh, that the Dow that if there's no laughter, let's start up there. That if there's no laughter, it would not be the Dow. Does
1: that mean um, you know? Okay when when an idea is presented to you that seems so outrageous, like the Tao, um, we laugh at it because we don't understand it.
0: It's not, it funny, be, laughter. not if, funny laughter. Not funny laughter. It's your ridiculous kind of laughter, I yeah.
3: think. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> or like the smirk. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that kind of, uh, that kind of thing. That's kind
1: of how people sometimes approach recovery is like, Right. The 12 steps earlier work for me? Sure. I'm never, I don't know how I can live without my alcohol and drugs. No way.
0: That that is the laughter, Marla. Yeah. That is the laughter.
1: Yeah.
0: Now, I've I've thought about that in my everyday life, of different areas of my life that I still smirk at. (laughs) (laughs) You know, kind of breaking it down to just different things, like a relationship. Yeah, right. That'll help if I <laughs> love them. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, I show them loving kindness. Yeah, fuck loving kindness. You know, that kind of a thing. You know,
1: but then you do it, and it, it works.
0: It works.
1: It works. Because you surrender to it.
0: I would. I would very much. uh If I have an area of life. Where I want to smirk at, the first thing I need to do is reevaluate how I'm approaching that.
1: Yeah.
3: (laughs) (laughs) So is that saying, like, it's okay to be laughing? Because that's like a step along the way to be. Because, I mean, when I read this, I'm like, I immediately want to be a superior man. I don't want to be <laughs> yes. average. I don't want to be foolish. I want to be the superior man immediately embodying the doubt. I don't want to be a foolish man laughing. I don't want to be average and half-doubting anything. I want to be the superior man immediately.
0: Don't we all, Kate? Don't we you all?
3: Know? but, <laughs> you know, it's saying, you know... If he didn't laugh, it wouldn't be the doubt. Is it saying, like, it's okay to laugh and doubt these things along the pathway, or what's it saying there?
1: I think so. It, it just seems like a kind of a human thing to do, to question authority, you know, or question weird ideas. But, um, but then you consider it, and then you become a superior person.
0: Well, I I think it is part of the path. I think it's good that you're recognizing you're laughing at it, first of all, because people laugh at this all the time and never even realize that's what they're doing. in their pride and ego, they think they have it figured out and they don't even see it. So the fact that you laugh at it is a step along the way. And I think that The reason it says if if someone didn't laugh at it, it wouldn't be the Tao is because all truth comes at us, I think, in this way, in this paradoxical way that it doesn't make sense. And that's I think that's what he was talking about the rest the rest of the verse was that, you know, the way forward does look like you're taking a step back. The path into the light looks like it's dark that true power seems weak. We talked about that last week. Mm-hmm. The week. We get the stronger we become. That does not sound like strength to me, but yet it is. And if someone didn't laugh, if someone didn't think this was ridiculous, then it would not be the Tao. So it wouldn't be our higher power if it did not appear to be this strength within weakness kind of thing does that make does that help kate
3: i'm not sure i'm totally getting what you're saying
0: i'm not sure i'm getting what i'm saying yeah me neither (laughs) 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 we'll we'll continue to talk about it and see if it starts making sense but uh think about how paradoxical the truths are that you've learned in sobriety let's start with your experience
3: Yes, I get that.
0: Okay, that's what it's saying. That's what it's saying is that when we approach a situation, if we approach it in the same way and the way we feel we should proceed does not kind of give us a step back and say, wait a minute, you know, how is me surrendering going to help with this? How is me loving this person going to help? And if if I, if I don't have a little bit of that hesitation and that I'm having to surrender, be vulnerable some way that it would not look like the right answer to a non-spiritual person. Like if it looked like the right thing for a non-spiritual person to do or someone not seeking a spiritual solution, it's probably not the right solution. Um, okay. You know, that, that's like giving up the fight. You know, we quit fighting anyone and anything. When we're disturbed, it's us that need to change. That's things that many people would look at and smirk and laugh at, say, that's ridiculous. I think that's what it's saying, is that when we see truth, if it's not paradoxical in some form, then it's probably not the truth. Whoa. That that's what I think it's. That's what I that's what I interpret, which could be totally wrong. But that's how I that's how I see this. Comments.
1: I don't think you're totally wrong about that.
0: And I think it's interesting how, and he uh, he just gives example after example of of how it doesn't look real. Like the path seems dark. The way forward seems like you're going back. The direct path seems long. Purity seems tarnished. Steadfastness seems changeable. True clarity seems obscure. The greatest art seems unsophisticated. The greatest love seems indifferent. How many times, I don't know how many times with my son, I have had to show tough love and other members of my family think I have abandoned him. That is an example of them smirking and laughing at God doing something in his life. Yeah. And the the Taoist the, the 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 spiritual approach versus um the non spiritual approach. The greatest wisdom seems childish. Hmm. I was thinking about that. We talked about that last week, and I talk about that often. How, uh, you know, we know the kingdom of that uh, Jesus said the kingdom of God is like. Uh, uh, the people you, you inherit the kingdom of God. The folks who enter the kingdom is much like a child. In that, and I think that has to do with the dependency and the um, just the surrender that goes with that, and how a three-year-old how how a three-year-old is is dependent on someone to provide for them and that our attitude needs to be the same way toward our higher power. We learned that in recovery, that I did not start recovering until I totally surrendered and gave up all of my suggestions and ideas and all of my alternatives. And once I surrendered fully, then it started working for me. And that's a lot of that same... Greatest wisdom, I think. Um, The Tao is nowhere to be found, yet it nourishes and completes all things. It's unnamed. I like this. The Tao hides in the unnamed. That reminds me of uh, uh, the Jewish name for God and how that in the Jewish religion, Marla, you you may can help me with this, uh, that you're not supposed to say the name of God? Is that correct?
1: You don't say God or right. spell out God. It's G-D or right. um, Hashem. But yeah. no, not God.
0: And, and one thing I was told, I was listening to Rob Bell talk about the name of God and talking about Yahweh and that the actual pronunci- pronunciation of that was the breath. Yeah. Was its name the same um, uh, sound as you make when you breathe? And that your first breath is a prayer, and your last breath is a prayer that you take. And that's how he related it. So the actual name of God was the same as the sound you make when you breathe. Mm. So I thought that was good. And that, that kind of, that it hides in the unnamed. You know when we name things, how we put things in boxes?
1: It defines it. Yes. when you name something it, it defines it
4: label it and like compartmentalize it do what Lala but when you label something you compartmentalize it yes
0: yeah. and and a higher power is bigger than any of that
1: can't define a higher
0: power and not define yet it always nourishes and completes all things
1: is something you can feel is that does that seem right
0: something it nourishes and completes everything. <clears throat> Has no name. It is the source and strength of all things. Hmm. Good stuff.
1: While well, you were talking about the breath and Yahweh, Yahweh, so is the the sound Om. Yeah. It's actually pronounced A U M, or spelled A U M, and it's um, not really Om, but it's Um. That is the first sound you hear. It supposedly was the first sound of the universe.
4: Yeah. The the sound of the universe. It's basically the universe. The sound the universe makes is a hum. Um,
1: Yeah. Hmm. If you hum it to babies, they stop crying. That's phenomenal.
0: Really? Yeah. (laughs) Wish I'd known that years ago. Yeah, me too. (laughs) Hey, i tell you one thing we did learn. I know this is way off topic, but any of you folks that have little uh, – we figured this out – well, a waitress figured this out. We were in a restaurant, and we'd give our child a lollipop when he was like two. The waitress come up and gave him two lollipops, and instead of sitting there all over the place with one in one hand, he had two of them, and he just sat there and licked one, <laughs> then licked the other, <laughs> and he didn't move, didn't do anything. He just stared at both of them and licked them one at a time. You know, <laughs> like, wow, that's wonderful. We always kept lollipops in twos after that. Wow, it was incredible. I could okay. not. It was like a total difference because it occupied both hands. You know, <laughs> that's a cute. Some of the simplest things, but uh, now. <laughs> completes all things but yet we don't see it. it goes back to that paradox for me of 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 the way that in our ego thinking in ourself is never the correct answer there's always a better way always i was let's say i was looking at a couple of other things um yeah i I did not really take offense, but I really noticed in the third translation where she diligently puts it into practice, but he half believes it, and it's he laughs I noticed that.
1: Generally, women are wiser than men. Yeah,
0: I'm, I'm going to take this. That's okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> nothing
0: new? Yeah, nothing new. No, it's not. It's nothing new. <laughs> are we ready for the... How about this that the Tao hides in the unnamed? It's not just unnamed. It hides in the unnamed.
4: Maybe that's getting reference to the fact that if we label it, it would take some of its power away.
0: We have to look for it. You know?
1: Yeah, you do have to look for it.
0: When I started in recovery, we had hold hands after the meeting and say the Lord's Prayer and say, it works if you work. And I'm like, fuck, I'm doing all this stuff. Why isn't it working? You know, what is the work that we did this for an hour? I should be well by now.
1: I can get through the 12 steps in a a day.
0: No problem. I had it figured out. I was smarter than all those people combined. I knew what to do. That was part of my problem. I was smirking the whole time, you know. Yeah. I knew better. That pride and ego. The greatest love, this is Stephen Mitchell, his commentary on this. He, he wrote the second translation that we read, or translated the second one. The greatest love seems indifferent because it has no preferences. A good father loves all his children equally whether they turn out to be thieves or carpenters or messiahs. As Jesus of Nazareth said, love your enemies. Treat them with generosity and compassion so that you may be children of your father in heaven for he makes his son rise on the evil and on the good and sends his reign on the just and the unjust. Hmm. I know I love my children equally. I may not approve of them equally, but I do love them equally. <laughs> you know, there's a difference. There's a big difference. I hope you don't tell them that. Well, <laughs> I try not. <laughs> <laughs> but you know that. But that's the kind of love a father can have. Yeah. You know that he'd do anything in the world that would help either uh, any of his children. But sometimes those things are different. You know. Okay. Anyone have? But uh, Craig usually reads the the Derek Lynn. I'll read it today, being he's out and about.
1: Don't want him reading while he's driving.
0: No, we don't. Any comments? Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm going to read a couple of things out of this. Uh, the lack of comprehension. This is Derek Lynn on his commentary on the 41st. The lack of comprehension often expresses itself as mockery. Talking about the laughing cake? Okay. Such individuals laugh at the Tao because they feel the need to belittle that which is too unfamiliar to grasp easily. In their case, laughing is not a sign of happiness but an attempt to disguise ignorance as a superior attitude. Tao cultivators do not take offense to this. We understand that many people still live with the illusion of separateness. Their world is black and white, us versus them. So anything beyond their comfort zone must be an enemy of sorts. Their lives are limited, so we do not regard them with annoyance or indignation, only with compassion and goodwill. And he gives an example of this, and I'd never heard this example Sages is such individuals to a frog who lives in a well. From its perspective, at the bottom, the sky is rather small. If a bird were to stop by and tell it about the vast spaces outside, the frog would react with disbelief. Then, perhaps, feeling a tinge of fear that it might be wrong, it would ridicule the bird to drive it away and, along with it, a sense of discomfort. They will come when the frog grows strong enough to jump out of the well. Similarly, one day those who laugh at the Tao will gain enough spiritual maturity to venture beyond their limits. When that happens, they will see the wide open vistas for themselves and they will know in their heart of hearts that nothing will ever be the same again. That makes sense. Wayne Dyer. All right. Wayne Dyer, right. uh, before we read Wayne Dyer, I had a couple of notes. The way is hidden. How do we find the way? Okay, we have a situation, let's say, that we're smirking at, that we have no idea what to do about. And how do we get past the smirk, move up to a half ass belief, and then move up, to actually, being able to practice a spiritual practice that works in that situation. What are some things that we can do to put this into practice? And it's the tools we learn. Uh, for me, it's the tools I learn in recovery. It's, I was gonna uh,
4: say it's like, um, you know, when you first go to like a twelve-step meeting, I think of it as like you're a newborn cult. You know, can barely stand on your own. So one of the ways is finding people who have something that you want and listening to what either guidelines or more strict you know, steps to take. And then it's almost impossible to go backward to a smart once you're aware.
1: I think you're right. I used, I did something similar. I'm, I'm not a big uh, AAer, but what I found was people who live the way I want to live, who are the way I want to be and use that example as my higher power or surrender to follow, something like that.
4: Yeah, I mean, it's similar to, I go to this Buddhist temple here, and, you know, I'm still the newbie there, but, um, you know, I'm kind of associating with people who have achieved that kind of serenity that I strive for and kind of, you know, by osmosis. Exactly, and absorb where they're at and how they get there.
1: You sit at the feet, at the foot of the Buddha, and you absorb. Yes, <laughs> yeah, that's kind of what it is. You just absorb it. <laughs> it works. Mm-hmm. I think that's what meetings might be about: is you absorb what all the what everyone's saying if you're listening,
4: and you Open build mind. on it. and you build on it. So. Yeah achieve
1: higher and higher levels of becoming
4: one of the wise ones. Enlightened.
0: Enlightened Which is, Yeah. <laughs> Enlightenment. <laughs> my my sponsor told me when I first you know, I believe the purpose of AA is to wake up spiritually just like all these other things we're talking about. So you could very well recover and never go to any kind of twelve step meeting, but the principles that you learn there the same principles you should be learning regardless of what you're doing.
1: Yeah.
0: So my sponsor told me, and I never heard this from other people, he said, you go in and you be quiet. He was real militaristic, which is opposite of me. And he would go in and sit down, and he said, go in, buddy, sit down. Do not say anything. He said, you have nothing they need to hear. (laughs) Be quiet. Because you go to meetings to share your experience, strength, and hope, he said. You save your inexperienced weakness and despair for me. He said, I'm sponsor. That's why I'm here. Yeah, I'll tell you when you know enough. When you have something to share that people need in a meeting, he'll <laughs> tell you. He'll tell me. Yeah, it was a while, you know? <laughs> and he. He said, you know, some people don't have a sponsor, so they have to use the meeting for their sponsor, which is fine. He said, but that's not you. (laughs) He said, so you be quiet and you listen. And that's what that experience, strength, and hope, I think, is about. Because when we share that and we hear someone else share theirs, they can have a day and they've got experience, strength, and hope if if they're recovering. You know, so I can hear that. And I think that's what it, what meetings are for for me, just like going to the temple lala, just like you're talking about, you know mm-hmm. same kind of same kind of thing you're hearing someone's experience strength and hope of how you know they're awaking or waking up spiritually and what's working for them,
1: yeah,
0: yeah, that's huge,
1: yeah,
0: it is Brandy, you learned any of that while you've been in India, what's been going on with you over there?
2: Uh, I've had a lot of shit going on, but I don't know about the spiritual part.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, it's all spiritual, honey.
2: You you sure about that?
0: I'm positive.
2: (laughs) Um, so I came over to India to have medical treatment. Um, and it's been great. My first week, the day I had surgery, um, I found out my husband was cheating on me. Um. (laughs) Um, and he wanted to have an open relationship. <laughs> that was awesome. That's spiritual. I mean, it takes balls to say that.
0: <laughs> oh. nice. uh, I didn't say everyone was spiritual. I said the.
2: Just- <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Um, the cool thing is, like, I didn't drink. So, I mean, something's working in my recovery. Um, That's I did go a little bit insane by, like, going in, finding a bunch of men to flirt with. <laughs> um, but it's been a really cool spiritual experience in the sense that after two days of that, I'm like, I knew it wasn't for me, like, because we do get to work this spiritual program, um, here, there's so many temples, there's so much spirituality. And from the day I arrived in India, I've been going to a temple a day and, um, just talking to Lord Ganesh and like learning about Lord Shiva and all the other lords. I keep telling all my friends here that I want to become a Hindu because, like, it makes so much sense to me. It's very peaceful, and it's just, it's so profound. Going to meetings here, that's a no for me. That's a hard no. (laughs) So my recovery has taken a shift in the sense that I'm doing a lot of online stuff, but AA here, it's very masculine, Mm. meaning... Like, India is an amazing country. It's so friendly and it's so spiritually connected. However, men and a pretty Westerner woman, it's, yeah. Um, 13th (laughs) step. It's major 13th step, meaning I feel so uncomfortable. Like, it's the, I, I had to leave. Like, it just wasn't safe. And it's it's not nothing to do with the program, it's just to do with the country. And not all men are that way, but it's a huge adjustment. Southern India is a lot more friendly than Northern India, so... Oh,
1: good, good, (laughs) good to know. I
2: don't know which part of India you're going to, but... Southern. Which one? Southern. Pune. Oh, okay, Pune's awesome. It's a little bit more conservative than Bangalore, which is where I am, but it's amazing, and it's it's awesome. Don't go to Delhi. No offense to anybody, but Delhi, as women, <laughs> like every Indian person I've met here says, if you go to Delhi, don't go to Delhi. Um, okay. <laughs> so don't go to Delhi. Okay. That's all I can say. Um, they told me that I wouldn't be safe there is what essentially it came down to. But spirituality rewires India, it's been this really amazing journey of actually digging deep and staying true to my recovery and finding what works for me and what I'm okay with and learning um, the ideals and principles of what I need to survive in my life. No open relationship. <laughs> um, no cheating spells. No flirtations and like trying to put myself in situations to fill a void that I don't need anybody else to fill. Like I had to Relearn that, hey, I love myself, which maybe I needed this experience to actually teach me because I have been married for 12 years and I've kind of developed into that codependency thing. So this has taught me how not to be codependent and how not to rely on others to tell me how I feel. Just being okay with not knowing what tomorrow is going to be like and being okay with not making big decisions. I keep telling people, don't ask me to answer a question because I'm not going to. So I don't know if that's spiritual, but that's where I'm at.
4: Seems like it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, amazing journey. Yeah. Awesome. Hey, did,
0: did you try multiple meetings, Brandy, and everyone was the same? Yes. That's unfortunate. Not, I hate to hear that.
2: They're not all the same. I don't want to say they're all the same because Bangalore has so many people and there's so much traffic. So I tried meetings. To- a five kilometer radius to me because if you go 12 kilometers or 13 kilometers then you're going to sit in an hour or two hours of traffic and I'm sorry I'm lazy and I have access to online meetings so I'm not willing to do that Um, especially if it was like the first five meetings I tried which was all men even though one was labeled as a women's meeting. I was gonna say yeah were
4: there any women's Meeting,
2: but I went to a women's meeting and I was the only woman present
4: um, <laughs> all the men in, are there to prey on
2: the women <laughs> in India women because um, I'm going next week to do an interview on a public radio station here in India and every woman I've talked to is um, not only is alcoholistic alcoholism stigmatized around the world but in India it's I'm not saying it's not anywhere else, but in India what I'm finding is women are even more stigmatized here because they are put into that box of, like, they have to hide it. And so they, because here you don't see liquor stores everywhere, you don't have bars everywhere, you don't have, like, the alcohol in your face like we do in the U.S. or Canada um, or even in, like, the U.K., Here you have to go out of your way to find it. And so the women that I've talked to that do drink, I've been going to like, they call it pubs, but I go to clubs every single weekend and um, I don't drink. I'm not at risk for drinking, but I go and every single weekend I meet at least three women that are standing in the bathroom so drunk and and I like talk to them and they're like, yeah, this is the only time I can let loose. This is where I go to drink and this is how I relax. And then I give them my phone number and I'm like, if you want to stop drinking, you can call me and then i usually help them out of the bathroom because it's, it's not pretty. It's oh. very sad. it's very under wraps.
1: Okay. Yeah. Different culture.
2: Yeah. Very very different. But yeah. very very cool too. Like it's not it's not all masculine. In. <laughs> it's also very beautiful and there's a lot of awesomeness
0: to it. Glad you're finding yourself. your way, Brandy.
2: Oh, for sure. Good. Yeah, it's, it's exciting.
0: Keep us keep us informed. I know what's. I've been. Li- I listened to one of your podcasts while you're over there. What? Plug your podcast.
2: Uh, silver Ishit.
1: Yeah. Podcast. Yeah. Silver
2: Ishis. Silver Ishit. Exclamation point pound sign at and then wait no it's dollar sign pound sign at sign and then ex-
1: let me point. Let's put it in the chat if you didn't, don't mind.
0: Oh, I will. Yeah, just, just look for uh, sober as shit on any of your uh, podcast directories, and it'll pull up. You know, and that brings in another thing that we haven't talked about. We, we've talked, but it wasn't in the in the writings that approaching all these areas of life as having a spiritual solution.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Because they do. There's nothing in your life that is separate that is uh that there's not a spiritual solution for because it's really a waking up for me that you know there's not a spiritual part of recovery it's all spiritual and it's up to me to surrender an area that i don't think there's a spiritual solution and then i can start seeing it maybe i can and, and Every time I've sought a spiritual solution, it's been a little uncomfortable because it's always worked against myself. Reality. is my ego.
1: Is it reality when you hit, hit up against reality or what you thought was reality and what is really real? That's uncomfortable.
0: Yes. It's uh, self-sacrifice, not self-help. So when we get to that self-sacrifice, it's like, whoa, wait a minute. That does not feel like that's helping me. <laughs> I don't like this uncomfortable feeling. I want to know what's going to happen for the next 20 years of my life, mapped out, amateurized, everything. you know I've got to live in the moment. Who wants to live in the moment? I want to live in you know years down the road and plan everything and direct the whole deal. Is that not part of this? This idea of letting go and surrendering that, that's part of what this is talking about, I think.
1: That's so, every chapter in the Dallas is talking about
0: that. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, if, if we see a way and it seems dim, that might be the right path. If going forward doesn't really, you know, there's something, you know, it's not pushing my agenda, it's helping somebody. Ooh, how is that going to help me? You know, I've told a lot of times when I had, when I was in the real estate business and I needed a house to sell, picked out the lady. There was a lady I didn't like that was in the real estate business. I'd pray for her stuff to sell. <laughs> they, I wouldn't pray for my own. I'd pray for hers. <laughs> How is that helping me? That is the way forward, looking like I'm taking a step back. Yep. All those paradoxes that we learn to live, you know. Uh. Yeah, let's go ahead and go on to the Dyer. We're running out of time.
1: Yeah. All right, Fourth, 41st verse, according to Wayne Dyer. A great scholar hears of the Tao and begins diligent practice. A middling scholar hears of the Tao and retains some and loses some. An inferior scholar hears of the Tao and roars with ridicule. Without that laugh, it would not be the Tao. So there are constructive sayings on this. The way of illumination seems dark. Going forward seems like retreat. The easy way seems hard. True power seems weak. True purity seems tarnished. True clarity seems obscure. The greatest art seems unsophisticated. The greatest love seems indifferent. The greatest wisdom seems childish. The Tao is hidden and nameless. The Tao alone nourishes and brings everything to fulfillment. So, um, this verse of the Tao influenced my choice of the title for this book. By changing your thoughts so they harmonize with the Tao, you see that what you've called reality is in fact an outward form, an appearance only. In the beginning, your new way of regarding oneness is clouded by old ego-inspired habits. What you've been accustomed to still resonates within you as real, and your Tao-inspired world may not be consistently recognizable, but you will begin to look beyond what only seems to be your truth and move into a direct experience of the Tao, uncluttered by your previously limited views. Reread the first section of the 41st verse of the Tao, noticing your response. Ask yourself whether you're a great, middling, or inferior scholar when it comes to understanding and applying the wisdom of the Tao. For example, I can unabashedly proclaim myself a great scholar after so many years spent studying and writing it. And the more I've studied, the more diligently I've practiced. I've become highly attuned to the infinite variety of daily opportunities to employ the principles of the Tao. As you examine your own thoughts, you may discover an aspect of yourself that wants to learn how to utilize these ancient teachings. Thus you can move from being a person who knew very little about the Tao and might even have ridiculed it to being a great scholar. The application of the Tao each day determines the greatness of a scholar rather than whether he or she intellectually understands these paradoxical sounding concepts. So you can be stupid. Lao Tzu points out that without the ridiculing laughter of the inferior scholars, the Tao couldn't even exist. Talk about paradoxical concepts. In a Warrior Blends with Life, a modern Tao, Michael Latore comments on this 41st verse, quote, the, only, "...the way is only attractive to those who are already wise enough to know how foolish they are." Sarcastic laughter from other fools who believe themselves wise does not deter the truly wise from following the way. Following the way, they do not become complicated, extraordinary, and prominent. Rather, they become simple, ordinary, and subtle.
0: Shall I go on? We can talk right there. Um, The way is only attractive to those who are already wise enough to know how foolish they are.
1: Surrender. Yeah.
0: Anytime I approach a situation thinking I have it figured out, I have already lost the answer. (laughs) Yep. I have put God, the Tao, higher power in a box already. I have put my thinking in a box already because I've already thought I have the solution. So, what do they call that uh, beginner's mind? The more we can maintain that beginner's mind, that looking for the solution rather than um, convincing everyone, I know the solution. Then we can start seeing things a little more clearly. Good There's story. a lot
1: of uncluttering that needs to go on to see things clearly.
0: Yes. Yes. And any time I come into that situation thinking I have it figured out, I'm hurting myself. I'm not helping. I've got to be open-minded. I've got to loose those blinders, get out of that well, just see more and be open. Isn't that one of our tenets? What is it? uh, Honesty, open-mindedness, and willingness?
1: Yeah, I was thinking of that all through this discussion,
0: H-O-W. Yeah. Open-mindedness. Any situation, any business deal, anything that I walk into, thinking no matter how much knowledge I have, there's actually—I'll read y'all from today. There was a uh, Anthony Anthony Gold's ACIM podcast. I don't know if y'all listen to that, but I'll read a, a, a word from that because it was—it it was this it said in every situation we have an opportunity Let's see, hold on okay yeah i am sorry in every situation we have an opportunity to choose our response and our response will be based on how we interpret the moment what if our interpretation is wrong consider these lines from a course in miracles i do not know what anything including this means And so I do not know how to respond to it. And I will not use my own past learning as a light to guide me now. (laughs) If we're wrong about the meaning we give each situation, then there's no way we can respond in a way that will be helpful. Our best course of action in every moment is to recognize that we don't understand what this means but that we can turn to a teacher within our mind who does. And that right mind will provide the light to guide us now. Yeah. It's to recognize we don't understand. <laughs> if I come in knowing that I don't have the answer, I have a good chance of finding it. <laughs> Woo, heavy stuff. Does that help from your original question, Kate? Yes, it does. Because it really is about surrender. It, goes, it all goes back to letting go. The whole thing does, every time. Every time. Yeah. Every time it just goes back to... And I, I see all of these verses as descriptions of just showing us how to do that or a little different light on the same idea of surrender, powerlessness, Letting go and letting God, going with the flow, just being open to the next right thing. They're all saying the same thing in my thinking. I do want to read a couple more verses on in this, and I'll just read them to you because we're approaching the hour. Um, What you experience within and around you will be different from what it happens to be. When life looks difficult, stop and realize that you're only one thought removed from being at peace. One thought.
4: Hmm. I don't know
0: how many times in the past I was having, this was years ago, I might have been having a bad day, and this is back when faxes were around. I'd get a fax contract on a house that I was selling, and my day would change. And I'm like, how did this piece of paper change my day? It's just a piece of paper. Two minutes before it came, I was having a pissy day. Now I'm having a great day because I just made some money. And I'm like, wait a minute. There's something wrong with that. I couldn't put it together, but I knew it was a problem.
4: Looking externally instead of
0: internally. Yes. Yes, Lala. Exactly. (laughs) Depending on these things around me, that separateness, that black and white, that divisiveness, that that this is going to do something for me instead of that we're all connected and any answer I need is within me. I don't depend on other people to do this. That's like my right hand cutting my left arm and saying, I'm going to hurt you, left arm. I'll show you. I'm going to cut you off. I'm going to show you. Yeah. How crazy is that? That's the same thing when we go and we start attacking other people, we're attacking ourselves. Huh. Same kind of thinking. I was going to see if there's anything else in this. Did anything else pop out at you, Marla? I do want to read the, the Tao truth is unprovable in physical terms. I want to read this little paragraph, if that's okay, and then we'll close out. Let go of your conditioned way of needing proof in the physical world where something becomes your truth. Before something becomes your truth. The Tao is hidden permanently, and it cannot be named, so accept this as fact. You're not going to find it in a material form. It has no boundaries, and the moment you try to name it, you've lost it. Just as modern scientists must accept the fact that quantum particles originate in waves of formless energy or spirit, without their ever seeing that infinite, without their ever... Seeing that infinite, all-creating field, so too can you let go of your need to see and touch the Tao before you can believe it. By changing the way you look at the world, you see a realm beyond the appearance of darkness, difficulty, weakness, indifference, and death. As the poet Rainier uh, Maria Wilk observed, behind the world our names enclose is the nameless, our true archetype and home hmm. yes doing the dow now was spending an hour with a child taking note of how much wisdom's embodied in what appears to be juvenile behavior and beliefs good stuff good stuff
1: just for a little levity i i sometimes see the dow in a new pair of shoes you <laughs> gotta
2: say it
0: the down a new pair of shoes
1: there's something spiritual about a new pair of shoes
0: <laughs> okay ladies I'll, I'll accept that i'll be open minded Good anything else before we close that was uh, That was a lot today, and it was pretty yeah. heavy every every chapter was a bit heavy, yeah, but this one was particularly this one seemed like more than normal. <laughs> Well, we're only halfway through. Are so. you amazed yet? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes. Okay. Yes, amazed.
0: Uh, I was amazed the first time I picked this up. I was amazed when I heard the Vinegar taster story. The what story? The Vinegar Tasters. Y'all have heard that one, right?
1: Yeah. That's
0: how I got interested in the Dow. I'll take two minutes and share it. Uh, it's a painting. Just Google the Vinegar Tasters. Uh, Lao Tzu. Lao um, Tzu. Confucius and Buddha met, and they they were they used to do vinegar tasting as as part of a ritual because they used vinegar medicinally in all all kinds of ways so uh, they would have vinegar tastings so Confucius tasted the vinegar and he spit it out he said, "Who in the world would want to taste such a thing you know it's just nasty and it doesn't taste good uh Buddha tasted the vinegar, and from what I understand Buddha's a Buddha. Uh, compared it to the suffering that we have in the world and that, that it's our, you know, all those things, you know, all the, the Buddha stuff, right? Lao Tzu tasted the vinegar who wrote the Tao Te Ching. And he said, yes, that's vinegar. It's how it's supposed to taste. <laughs> he accepted it. I said, that's for me. <laughs> I will take that. And that's exactly what he did, except he, he said, yeah, it's vinegar. Why are you all upset about it? That's what it is. It is what it is.
1: You know? That's what it is.
0: I said, that's me. I said, that's what I want. So that's when I started studying the Dowd H. English when, when I heard that story. I said, if, if acceptance is what this is, that's what I need. It works. It works. It does. Okay. Any closing comments, guys?